welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, a Prince podcast where we look at every album, the highs, the lows, and a time capsule, something that really encapsulates when that album was recorded and released. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. If you missed our last episode, you should go check it out. Shame on you. Yes, it's so good. Not our, not our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It, it was pretty good. It was But pretty the good. album 3121 that we talked about was amazing and totally, totally worth a revisit and, you know, totally worth hearing our commentary on it as well. We are quite good. Yeah, you know, we're not too shabby. So today we're going to talk about all of the ancillary material, the supplemental things, all the other stuff that was going on, as much of it as we could find and get our little hands on. We're going to talk about Carlos Boozer's house, Tamar Davis's mm. Milk and Honey, the acoustic version of Love, the dance from the Chocolate Invasion, an American Idol performance, videos, the Brit Awards from 2006, the BET Awards from 2006, a GMA performance, Good Morning America, and I don't know if everybody still watches that, if you if you cut the cable, you may, you may be not familiar with what GMA is anymore, a Saturday Night Live performance, a residency in Las Vegas, Dance to the Desert Groove, and 3121.com. So you're saying he kind of took it easy in 2006. Uh, yeah, you know, he wasn't really doing much, Mm-mm. just kind of hanging out. No, got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. and kind of relaxed a little. Yeah, exactly. You know, decided 25 years he was he was good. He was ready to take it easy for a little while. Except, nope. Not. Not. That's not what Prince does. Not what Prince ever did. We're super excited to talk about some of that stuff. Um, where should we start? Should we start with, why don't you tell us about Carlos Boozer's house? Ah, so uh, Prince rented a house in L.A. in 2006, and it happened to be a home, a mansion, that Carlos Boozer, who was then playing for the Utah Jazz, had purchased. He couldn't live in it, and he was convinced by um, his real estate agent to put it on the market to rent, even though he didn't want to rent out the property. He said it wasn't something he ever wanted to do. I can't blame him. No. Uh, So he got a call and said, someone wants to rent your house. And he's like, I don't know if I really want to do that. And then they said, well, this person wants to pay you supposedly $70,000 a month to rent your home. Uh Uh-huh. I read conflicting amounts. Sure, me too. Yeah. $70,000. It was more than... It was uh, quite a lot of money. It was more than we would rent a house for. Uh, More than we... Uh, probably buy a house for right now, (laughs) considering we're all full up on houses. That's right. So he, uh, of course, said uh, for $90,000, yes, a month, I'll rent my house out. So he uh, flew to meet this person who turned out to be Prince, and uh, that ended up giving the, the address of the home, 3121, ended up providing the inspiration for the name of the album and the track. So during the process of renting out this house, apparently... Carlos got word that Prince had changed just a few things about the house. Mm, And by a few, I mean like everything. Had carpet removed, repainted the place. Inside and out. Inside and out. Had a symbol put in front of the house. On the gate in a giant metal. So Carlos Boozer freaks out. is trying to call Prince. Poor Carlos. I know. He should have known better. (laughs) Always look into your tenants, people. (laughs) So he call, he's trying to get a hold of Prince to say, hey, what's going on? This is not what we agreed to. I'm really uncomfortable with this. And he wasn't getting any phone calls back and apparently threatened to sue Prince. When he did finally get a call back from him, Prince said, look, Carlos, I just wanted it to be my place. I wanted it to be an inspiration for people who came by. Relax. Chill out, man. Chill out. I'll put it back the way it was. Don't you worry. And wired him a cool half a million dollars to put his mind at ease. Yeah. So, of course, that called off the dogs on Carlos Boozer's part. The he's like, well, I got half a million dollars to <laughs> sure. put the house back together if he doesn't put it back together. All's good. Yeah. So, the lease ended. Carlos apparently shows up at his home to check it out. And according to Carlos Boozer, it was like no one had ever been in the house at all. Every piece of furniture, every knickknack, every piece of carpet, wall colors, all put back the way they were. Wow. From the beginning, like it had been very meticulously documented what the house looked like, and it was put back the way it was. And Carlos said, I sent him his money back. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Pretty cool. I saw an interview. The only, he said the only thing he wished he would have kept was the nightclub. He like 
I don't remember what. I thought part it was the, the gym, the workout area, it was and the, a bedroom. Yeah, it was the gym that was a workout area and that he that he turned it into a nightclub, and he said he wished he would have left the nightclub because that part was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, he didn't say, "Well, hey, leave." Put everything back the way it was, except for this one thing. That's right. You know, he Prince said, I'm going to put it. it back the way it was, and he put it back the way it was. Exactly. It, it was, was a cool story. Cool. And yeah. The, uh, there was, there's an interview on ESPN, or I forget where it was, with Carlos Boozer about yeah, the I whole think thing, so. where he talks, um, it's on a podcast, I think, that's documented mm-hmm. there, where he talks about the whole experience, and said, he's a cool guy, we played basketball together, and then had this whole, you know. A journey with his home that yeah. he, that ended happily. No, well, that's good. Always good to hear a, a good story from somebody who had like a real life interaction yeah. with Prince, who didn't get screwed somehow. Yeah, that's that's always good. So uh, Tamar's Milk and Honey. Let's uh, briefly talk about it. It was an entire album. Yeah, an album that was originally called Beautiful Love and Bless that Prince and Tamar promoted together on tour in early mm-hmm. 2006, and then it got pushed back a few months, and the name changed to... Yeah, it was supposed to come out in May, and yep. then it was supposed to come out in August, and then it disappeared. It did disappear, yeah. and we never heard the story on that. Um, Tamar had released an EP since then that included a few tracks from the album, but the original 12-song album, Milk and Honey, got onto the streets in Japan, apparently, and that's how it started circulating among collectors. So it's findable, difficult to find, but findable. Can't purchase it anywhere online, but it's a a real interesting listen because if you've uh, heard 3121 and hear the instrumentation and the type of sounds that Prince was using throughout that album, they're all over Tamar's album. They really Um, are. So it almost sounds like an alternate version of 3121 sung by a woman, a, a, a little bit. A little bit. I I felt like it was like the B cuts. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, none of it was as good as 3121. It was all the things that he was, except for Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed, which is, they're the same from album to album, right? They yeah, were, yeah, there's an outro on Milk and Honey where okay. Tamar thanks people over the song. That's, oh, well, yeah. yeah but it's like not the, really a song, but the song itself really song. is the same. I thought the one song that you would like is Redhead Stepchild. Yes, um, I, that it was sort of sounds like it was a woman's version of Fury. It was very rock and roll. The guitar sounds on it were sick. It was yeah. just awesome. Really, really good. I, it was a little R and B heavy for me. The entire album, yeah, yeah, the yeah entire, with that exception. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> anything that was like super exciting for me. It was good. It was fine. I yeah, was it's, fine listening to it. It's definitely, you know, deep cuts. Kind of an interesting thing to listen to, especially if you enjoyed Thirty One Twenty One. Yeah. Uh, the one, the other thing I wanted to mention about that album is the song "Kept Woman" ended up on uh, the three CD set "Lotus Flower" later, oh, okay. sung by Bria Valente. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll. I'll we'll be change. I'll be interested to hear how that different because I thought that one sounded very seventies, easy listening to me. That uh-huh. was my note about it. I liked uh, "Holy Ground" uh-huh. with the funky French. It was very. Typical of Prince at this time to add in some uh, foreign language. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was nice. It had very strong spiritual overtones, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah, for sure. The reprise. Uh-huh. The beautiful, loved, and blessed yeah, reprise. I mean, she shouts out to Prince and, you know, thanks him for being an integral part of it. I think it almost kind of made it sound like... He was a help and an inspiration instead of the driving force behind this. Well, who knows if that was her or if Prince guided that because mm-hmm. a lot of the things who he knows? did, he wanted to be behind the scenes. So right. I wouldn't blame her for that. It just came off as a little like immature, like the kind of thing that you know someone would do on their first album. Is right. Have a song and talk over it and thank a bunch of people. That's what liner notes are for. Yeah, exactly. Like, can I roll my eyes out loud? Because that's how I felt about that. But it was fine. You know, it wasn't. I could hear prints in it, but it wasn't top shelf prints. I agree. It's not on the essentials list, but still interesting for yeah. the time period that there's this entire album of music that was heavily promoted and then just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Love from 3121. There the was, acoustic version. There was an acoustic version released on 3121.com. I thought it was really good. It sounded effortless. 
Yeah, yeah, like minimal overdubs, or you know, he sang his own backgrounds on it, but it's just mm-hmm. basically Prince and an acoustic guitar singing one of the best songs from the album acoustically. You can Agreed. never go wrong with that. You really, you really can't. Yeah, it's a shame. That's, I mean, you. That's not something you can purchase or come across now. So mm-hmm. it's such an opportunity for the estate to put together uh, some place somewhere where all this music that found its way online through Prince's own doing mm-hmm. is now virtually unfindable Lost, unless right. you delve deep into bootleg culture. Right. Um, and it's all really worthwhile. Right. Absolutely. And we, I mean, we've had this since it came out, right? I mean, yeah. we were part of the, yeah, we were members of the website. It came out and yeah. I did a, you know, audio capture of it <clears throat> to make sure that we had, had it. it. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's a good thing that I did. Yeah, it is a good thing. Cause it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the organ, keyboards that came Mm -hmm. in that were different from the album track were so nice they were they really added to it without being distracting i thought it was really it was very very nice and while i really liked this and thought it was really well done i think i might have enjoyed it just a tiny bit better if it had just been straight up prince with a guitar Oh, well, that's, I mean, he, that's, you think of like his acoustic album, The Truth. Right. Was not all acoustic. There was Mm-mm. always something mm-hmm. there. Um, so if anything, you know, if you can fault Prince for anything, it might be, you know, being so skillful and so adept in the studio <laughs> that holding back was not always something that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was a good example of looking at how he could revisit a song and have a completely different take on the same instrumentation from a studio track and turn it into something mm-hmm. similar but very different. Right. Yeah, it would have been a great single on B-side. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Um, speaking of changing it in mm-hmm. the same but a different version, there was the dance from the Chocolate Invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've revisited that. Um, that mm-hmm. is something you can purchase, actually, on uh, Tidal. There's a couple albums from the NPG Music Club days, one called The Slaughterhouse, the other called The Chocolate Invasion. Yeah. They're both available for, for sale, and you can listen to them on Tidal. So if you have not heard this alternate version of The Dance, you can check it out there. It yeah. is legally available. Yes. which is super nice. Yeah, so it after hearing the album version on 3121, which... I heard, you know, after the original version right. that we're talking about now, this one sounds a little more demo-ish, like Agreed. a little unfinished. Yeah. Um, I noted, I appreciate that he re-recorded rather than reworked. Yeah, it was yeah. a totally new recording of the yeah. same song. and I It's just less orchestrated. I think well, that's what we called the dance uh-huh. on 3121. Yeah. It was very well orchestrated, and yeah. none of that is there in no. this older version. It's very sparse. Mm-hmm. Matches the type of music that's on the compilation that you'll find that uh, older track on. Though, yeah. too. So it does fit with that, but it seems a little thin to me mm-hmm. and um, not it's quite an as fully version. realized. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Almost like he recorded it to re- revisit it someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like the backup singers mm. in this version of the song yeah i I much preferred the 3121 version Uh of it i was i was appreciative that we are establishing that you're not a big fan of female singers (laughs) or female backup singers (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) i you know i have i have some favorites and people that i enjoy listening to and songs that i won't change when they come on the radio but i do really just typically prefer a deeper voice a deeper voice the dance (laughs) Oh, honey. (laughs) Oh, darling. All right. So there was the American Idol performance, Lolita and Satisfied. Mm -hmm. And stupid Ryan Seacrest. He's an idiot. Can we just all agree that Ryan Seacrest just comes off as stupid sometimes? He really does. And I mean, I know that was probably like they told him to do that, but he didn't. It felt both dismissive and over. Planned? Yeah, I, it was, it was, it was, a, it was like good. The, the worst surprise. Oh. If you haven't seen Ryan Seacrest try to feign ignorance over Prince performing at American Idol as he introduces him by saying, well, that's it. Yeah. No more surprises. Uh-huh. Oh, it couldn't so be more. Dumb. It's like the worst Steve Jobs impression ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't made that connection. But I thought the performance itself was good. Prince looked great. Yeah. 
the purple suit and the kind of uh, wine colored shirt, and mm-hmm. he comes out with the twins and just sings two songs and, and walks, walks out away. long before Ryan Seacrest can get on stage. Uh-huh. Yeah, I felt like it was very much Prince trying to perform in a way that the American Idol contestants perform. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe which... with a little more dancing, a little more choreography. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. not what they're supposed to be doing. Well, and I mean, they're amateurs, and here he is, a very well-seasoned professional. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did, I mean, I know he was trying to perform in the style of American Idol, but I yeah. missed him having an instrument of some exactly. kind. Exactly. Oh, you stole oh. my thunder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with, uh, you know, or even seeing a band. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to have, he doesn't have to play on every song, uh, but to see the band that he's put together and they were either invisible. I don't know if they weren't there or if it was a pre-recorded track, most likely that's my yeah. guess is that it was pre-recorded, which yeah. seems very much unlike Prince. You know, he'd gone through this whole phase five years earlier on the one night alone tour that mm-hmm. we saw where it was all real music by real musicians, live bands, no lip syncing, that kind of thing. And he was not lip syncing, but it did seem like a pre-recorded performance yeah and my only criticism of the performance itself was uh during satisfied he might have seemed just a little out of breath trying to hit high notes and singing it in his falsetto and because he he was trying to like dance because he didn't have a guitar to stop and play and catch his breath yeah yeah it was cool i remember watching it when it happened it was like again the worst kept secret in the world that he was (laughs) going to you know be there well i Um, think i don't think we routinely watched American Idol at no, that time. No, we so didn't. I think we, we only we did like the first couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we learned to not like American Idol and it wasn't for lack of watching. Yeah, yes, agreed. <laughs> That's very true. And they're gonna do another set of American Idol performances here soon. It's tonight. Oh, it's well. Yes, we're recording. It'll on be May sixth. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be a week old by the time you hear this, and you'll have already seen it. And I'm really kind of sad with their selections. I mean, well, I thought they. It's like just easy to do. It's easy selections by I a bunch know. of kids. I know. know, but I really wish that somebody would have branched out it was all 80s stuff and for the bangles i know manic monday is one of them that they're doing so related artists but if you think of what people these days you know who are up and coming 20 year old this is you know the popular prince music it's it's all easy choices to me probably easy to find sheet music yeah. Maybe even easy to perform. They've heard these songs before. So right. Well, like, they group, they've heard them their entire lives. Yeah. There's never been a moment in their life where all of this wasn't available. So. Yeah. so the fact that none of them went into some, you know. Well, and I don't fault the children for that. I don't fault these young performers for that. I fault the people who are advising them. Yeah. You know, 3121 was his album that debuted at number one this yeah the only one and there's nothing from it no i mean i would have loved to have seen something from it like arguably you could say this was one of his greatest commercial successes based on that but nothing anyway i digress that didn't really have anything i think we've exceeded the amount of time we need to spend on american idol agreed about two minutes (laughs) okay well then let's talk about the tamo corazon video Ah, yeah. Uh, directed by Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Beautifully shot. Oh, what a, what a cool video. Oh, it was lovely. I, I think some of his most professional-looking video work are in the videos from this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talked a couple episodes ago about the entire video collection from the Love Symbol album. Yeah. While it was well shot, it was not as beautifully shot as these videos oh, were. Oh, no, were no. really well done. Yes, and um, I would. Uh, we're going to talk about three videos. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on two of them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So, I see where you're going. Yeah. Um, um, but, but yeah, anyway, this, with this kind of Tam- Spanish villa kind of mm-hmm. look and feel, and you see that uh, house is gorgeous. Yeah. His vocalizing with a guitar while the gymnasts were on the bar yep. behind him. I thought that was really cool. I think I'm like, I've never heard Prince sing along with a guitar and have it not be amazing. Yeah. And even watching him lip sync it in this video is was incredible. really good. It was, it was really, really cool. good. Yeah. And then like 
those gymnasts were back there and they were interesting, but not really overly distracting, which I don't know how he did that, but he did. And it was great. So certainly professionally directed by an accomplished actress. Yes. Um, definitely had a budget, I would say too, and a location, uh, that was well scouted. And, and I thought, well, I didn't love the song for a single choice. The video I thought was great. Yes. Especially a debut single off a party album like this. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of a slow, you know, it's probably the most out of place song mm-hmm. on the album. If you had to pick one that sounds a little different than the rest, this yes. would probably be it. Maybe that led to the single choice, but as mm-hmm. a lead off single from this album, I thought uh, not yeah. the best choice in the world. No, but the video was really good. Yeah. It was really like fit in well and that brings us to the black sweat video even better oh my gosh it was so good it was really fun fun you told me i was gonna enjoy it and i really did (laughs) it was really the black and white is so nice yeah very you know it's a stripped down song and the video is sort of the same way it's a very simple video and i'm not one to sit here and say prince is the greatest actor in the world but he sure had some great faces in this video i mean that's that's my favorite part of this was he's you know it was like guitar faces without the guitar and he's just like tamar's going nuts dancing and he's like i don't know what you're doing child (laughs) that's right (laughs) Why are and, you bumping up to me? <laughs> and the chair was really cool. Yeah, we saw the we saw the chair again in some of the photos that were recently released yeah. from uh, Paisley yeah. Park. That chair was in one of the bedrooms, so it's kind of a neat thing to see again that it was still around. A very mm-hmm. unique thing with yeah. kind of loops around itself, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, I bet that chair has seen some stuff. I bet that chair <laughs> needs to be cleaned. <laughs> I would agree. Um, I love the part in the video where he says, uh, you know, you'll be screaming like a white lady uh-huh. when you uh-huh. count to three. Yeah. And he plays on that ear piercing synth with uh, yeah. the woman, you know, screaming. And yeah, it's, it's very, really, very cool. It's fun. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Really great video. All right. And then the Fury video. Uh, here's the one that it sounds like you just were underwhelmed with. I did not. His pimp rag was nice. His pimp rag was I thought it looked like they were recording it. In a cubicle office space that had <laughs> yeah, the super low drop right. ceiling. Yeah, with the, I'm. Mm. I, I just I didn't get. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, for but, a performance video, I was sad that I didn't like it because normally I really like performance videos, and I I just thought it was kind of boring yeah. for such a fun, exciting song. And I get that he wouldn't. He might want to tone it down because the song is so big and loud and fast that maybe he wouldn't want to have that with his video as well. But I don't know. There were these long, shaky camera pans. I was unimpressed. (laughs) You were underwhelmed. Well, you're right. That's a good counterpoint to me saying that the videos for this album were well shot. There's yes. an entire 3121 movie supposedly somewhere. sitting in the vault somewhere. Oh, I'm um, sad. You know, I'd love even, to see I think that. we mentioned this when we were reviewing the album that on the CD artwork it says 3121 the music, which also uh-huh. leads you to believe well. Yeah, there's, there's something else. The film. Hmm. Yeah, so it's been widely said that there's a 3121 film and perhaps the Teoma Corazon, Corazon video was lifted from that movie. I hope so. Who knows? I hope so because if the we'll whole if the whole movie looks like that video, it's gonna be gorgeous. <laughs> I hope well, we see it someday. Yeah, I wouldn't hold I, my breath. No, no. And then there was the Brit Awards in two thousand and six. Goodness, this man's busy. He was very, very busy. His first song uh, was "Tam Corazon." Yep. Um, man, he just made the guitar. Playing the guitar looked yeah. just effortless. It was simple. It was very pretty. I agree. Very fun <clears throat> to watch and um, great to listen to. Yep. And then um, he did Fury, and it was so fun that Wendy and Lisa and Sheila E. were all there. They were playing, and it was so nice to yeah. see them all together. It was and definitely a reunion of sorts, and got a lot of people yeah. excited to, you know, maybe Prince is bringing back some mm-hmm. of these classic players from the early, mid-80s back again. For a night. And it, yeah, it would turn out to just be, you know, yeah. a one-night oh, thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fury at the Brit Awards, I thought, had all of the energy of a live performance the video lacked. It looked great. I would have much rather seen just a 
straight up live performance, yeah. be the video for Fury, something more like this. Sheila E. What, tore up those drums, and she looked amazing in she that really dress. She really did look great. She looked fantastic. She had this dress that was long, and but had a slit like all the way up her legs so that she could still, you know, hit the bass drum and yeah and short hair short haircut so Mm -hmm. the hair didn't get in the way and she was ripped too she looked like she was a bodybuilder Mm -hmm. it was amazing yeah it was really good um and i didn't catch it until we were listening to this that there's lyrics that will there be a happy ending only a woman knows and i never made the connection (laughs) before i was watching it and i thought it was really funny yeah yeah so um and then he played Purple Rain. Yeah, really cool to see that done with, was, you know, uh, Wendy and Lisa and mm-hmm. Sheila on stage. Yep. Yeah, and especially now, looking yeah, back at that. Yeah. Pretty special. And it was nice to see Wendy in the spotlight for that. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. He just really looked like he never got tired of playing Purple Rain. Yeah, he but, said as much when, uh, I forget what interview it was, but it was in the late 2000s, maybe just before 2010, he was asked by someone, you know, is there a song that you love playing live the most, one that mm-hmm. you don't get tired of, of playing? And Purple Rain was it. Yeah. So, and, and, I mean, he stayed true to the arrangement of that song forever, too. There was mm-hmm. never a giant reworking of, you know, Purple Rain Reloaded or anything right. like that. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's That's basically really his perfect song. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciated in the, and I know he must have had some to do with this, how he featured all of the women on the stage with him. It was almost in all the, women. It, even, well, you know, there Sheila were, was on uh, a second drum kit, and then Cora Dunham, another uh-huh. woman, was playing drums for him. Right. Wendy and Lisa. <clears throat> well, there were a couple guys on stage, mm-hmm. but they were never like the camera, like barely saw them at all. And I really appreciate that. He, you know, he brought these women back and these were the women who'd had a lot to do with his career in the past and he really highlighted them instead of highlighting anybody new. And then um, to cap off his performance there, he played Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, kind of a <clears throat> truncated version of it. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of the shorter version of the song where uh, lyrics are, om- are omitted and it seems like a rush to get to the guitar solo yeah. to me. Uh, but it was kind of a crowd pleaser thing to close the oh, show, I and really definitely so. a reason to have confetti fall from the ceiling. You know? <clears throat> yeah, it was a good place for him to show off on the guitar, for everybody to sing along in a very energized environment. Purple Rain's a little quieter, mm-hmm. and you know, gave him the chance to toss his guitar at the end. It was good. That's right, and it disappears into the Netherlands. Yeah, you know, somebody's usual, hands. Someone's yeah. got it. Someone's hands. <clears throat> All right, and then the GMA performance, the Good Morning America. Yeah, he wore was, a pink suit. You liked the pink I li- suit. I thought the pink suit looked good on him. It was like very summery sort uh-huh. of look for him. I dug I the good. suit. I thought uh, the hairstyle was cool, too. It yep. kind of harkened back to Under the Cherry Moon a little bit for me. Very Agreed. slicked back. And yep. he had this beautiful guitar that he rarely played live mm-hmm. that I thought was really, really cool, too. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. A Prince concert in the morning, if it's you know not before 5 a.m. and, you know... Yeah. Prior to noon doesn't seem right. No, it really doesn't. Um, so it was a part of their summer concert series. So there was a series of songs that he you know, played mm-hmm. uh, for this appearance. Yeah, he played Get on the Boat, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah, again, it, it was, was promoting the album. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, I thought it was it's a fun live song again. Yeah, and the horns feature. were off the hook. Yeah, they were live really horns good. I was like, those people are morning people playing those horns. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, and again, Sheila E was there and going nuts on you know yeah. her second drum kit was that was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Tamar's name was super prominent on it this. It was. This was very much which a, I thought was interesting because this was after Milk and Honey had been. Or beautiful, loved, and blessed. I don't been know if pushed. it. Yeah, yeah I don't that know which first. which it was named. It had already been pushed once. Yep, it was supposed to come out in May. This was in the middle of June. Right. Yeah. It was. It was supposed to then be an August release, so you could see it might mm-hmm. be, have been part of a promotion for that. But yeah, Prince kind of. On all these live performances, I don't know what it is, he fell in love with stage right. He was always stage right with a guitar, either being featured or kind of taking a step back and letting Tamar um, be the featured artist. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't know why. So yay for stage right, I guess. Yeah, yay for stage right, because that's where all the good stuff was happening. I thought the performance felt both chaotic and restrained all at once. Like, it felt like, I don't know if the stage was too shallow for them to be able to do some of those things, or if the crowd was too Too close or too far away. I thought the crowd was too far away, is what I thought. There was this, like, 10-foot area where there was, it was almost like he was playing... By himself, even though there were thousands of people yeah. there in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just a lack of connection between crowd and performers I there, know, too. No, it felt like, I don't know, it felt like the dancers didn't have enough room. Yeah. Well, and like there's, this cheap, s- there's this cheap banner back behind no. us that brought to you by Listerine. <laughs> so I'm watching, a, you know, a rock and yeah. roll Har- Hall of Fame artist doing a guitar solo under a vinyl glossy Listerine ban- <laughs> banner. Yeah, something felt a little off. Yeah, um, it wasn't good. I thought the um, red-headed stepchild uh-huh. was good. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see that mm-hmm. being performed again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really thought Tamar was only so-so at this performance. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she did just lacked a little power. Well, it was morning time. Uh, Maybe yeah. she needed some more, I don't know, milk and honey. <laughs> Or an earlier bedtime. That's Have true, some maybe. milk and honey before you go maybe. to bed. And I always thought her like, voice. I thought her voice was, was nice. Um, um, I thought her voice was nice on the album. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I thought she lacked a little live performance, and I noticed that several times we've seen her performing live. I mean, she was okay, and I don't know if, but it wasn't wasn't quite as great. And I mean, she was just a young woman, so yeah. maybe she just hadn't like developed stuff but you know even being early in the morning uh prince really shredded the guitar i thought the belt that tamar wore reminded me of my a little bit because it was like gold coins Uh little gold circle things and she did some shaking and i'm like hmm that's a little throwback there to you know, 1991. Uh, I didn't make that con- that connection to Maite, but I did think that the costume clothing wasn't especially flattering for her no. either. Well, she's, you know, she's got some junk in her trunk, which is totally fine, but it just, she was wearing a dress that would have given curves to a woman with fewer curves. She yeah. had plenty of curves. She didn't need to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Accentuate again, them. I think we it's easy to forget, too, that this was like mm-hmm. 12 years ago. Yeah, also. it's a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought uh, the Let's Go Crazy, again, he ended with that. I thought it was really good. He hit the mic away. Mm-hmm. That was a very rock star move. I yeah, it was. A lot. Yeah, yeah, kind of let me break something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he was trying to bring energy to it also at the time. Wow. You know, again, early morning performances. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'd get up to. Well, there, but... I would too, but you know, we'd get up and go watch. Yeah. We had to get up and go do. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, and then um, he did. Uh, before this, we mentioned there was the SNL performance. This was back in March. Right. He did that. Uh, first, he performed Fury. Which I thought of all the performances of Fury, this is the one when it you was were mentioning. Really good. You were saying, you know, you wish you'd had a live performance video for Fury. It could have been this one. Yes. This is my Agreed. favorite Prince appearance on SNL. Yeah. I heard this before. You know, we watched this together actually when yes. this aired and hadn't heard the album yet. And I was so excited for this album after seeing this because it was just like he completely tore it up and made the. Album version seemed very reserved. Too. Yes, agreed. It does, agreed. The album version does not capture the energy of what he did on SNL at all. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that he did the same thing with this, um, like the background and stuff that he did in the video proper. Yeah, with the flames. And mm-hmm. again, I think it was just so much better live. Yeah. It was so much nicer. For sure. He had the do rag working, an orange suit that was yep. awesome, uh, cool guitar, yep. everything just, it was, it was a cool scene. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And then he also did Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed. And I thought, you know, oh, here again, Tamar's lacking a little power, but I think it might have been a equipment like an audio setup. Issue? Yes, yeah. because Prince also... Yep. Sounded a little less powerful, so 
I'm thinking maybe there was little audio issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor audio guy. Yeah. You know, trying to keep up with this. Yeah. Trying to keep up with Prince. Yeah, I agree. Tamar sings the first verse and sounded like low at first and then brought up. And then Prince has the second verse and it sounded like caught the, uh, the mixer off guard. It's just not paying attention. Come on. Yeah. You've got one job. Do it. Yep. Well, you probably have a lot of jobs, but <laughs> you had one job right then. Make print sound awesome. That's right. Yeah. Um, I thought you looked a little tired during that performance. No. Um, just, I mean, it was late at night. Though, I mean, <laughs> That's he was early like, for him. Yeah. I was going to say he's like a I night thought owl, he was so. just holding back. You know, it was mm. supposed to be her song. And, you know, the way that uh, Steve Martin introduced them to was right. Prince featuring Tamar. She right. was supposed to be center stage, so I think he was holding mm. back to not upstage her on this song. Mm-hmm. And his superstar reference. Oh, the song ends superstar. and he does the Mary Catherine yeah. Superstar. That was really funny. Yeah, I very, thought that very was cool. good. I appreciated the little shout out to the show he was actually on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good understanding of the environment and the crowd, I think. Yep. And then um, he did a residency. Yeah, he took up residency in the Rio mm-hmm. um, for hotel. forty shows. For forty shows from November of two thousand six through April of two thousand seven. He took over uh, stage there, renamed it Club Thirty One Twenty One. So a very cool, intimate they had place a lot to of see parties him. and yeah. stuff. Promotion yeah. for the album and yeah, it kind of had me worried at that point. I'm like, don't tell me Prince is going to turn into this guy who takes up residency in Las Vegas. So I was glad this was. A short-lived, five-month thing. Cool way for him to set up shop and, you know, again, continue this party atmosphere Mm -hmm. of 3121. It wouldn't have bothered me that much if he'd he'd had a little more time there. Uh, Because we might have tried to go. We might have tried to go. But, yeah, I didn't want him to turn into, you know... Elvis. Elvis or Celine Celine Dion. Dion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which, thankfully, did not happen. Yeah, we checked out one of the performances that you had... Yeah, there are Stash many there are audience recordings of many of these shows floating around, and yeah. we, we listened to one together. I thought the the band sounded it was it was really good. so full of energy. These yeah. audience, first of all, the audience recordings are pretty good, so you mm-hmm. can listen to it and enjoy it. Really, really uh, energetic show. Yes, from start to really finish, good. and long. Yeah, talking two plus hours. Yeah, I thought Black Sweat was really cool live. Better live than I mean that's. It's Again, a great this song, is something but Prince does all the time. But you know, put the album version to shame with the live version mm-hmm. and the playfulness of it all. Agreed. And it was fun to hear him things uh, do other things. He played uh, Johnny Be Good mm-hmm. and Over the Rainbow on the guitar. And yeah, they guitar were really solo good. for Over the Rainbow. I mean, How could you not like that? The things that he uh, he did that were not his. It was mm-hmm. fun to hear his take on it. And I thought that was. Very successful. Yeah, you know, he kids around with the crowd saying, you know, they're going crazy. And he says, is that for me? I'm just here to jam. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, is true, but it's pretty well planned. Yes, agreed. And then there was the uh, BET Awards. He played 3121, which he didn't play the title track song a ton in promotion for this. He mostly played his singles. Yeah, that's very true. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, it was a cool little simple version of the song. Right. It was, you know, it was nice to hear his all his natural voice. Oh, not he sang the, it a not little the vocoder. Yeah, thing. no, which which didn't bother me in 3121 at all on the album, but it was fun to hear it like in his natural voice. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. I want to be as good at anything as Prince is at his worst professional thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like I just just one, just one of those things that he I want to be as good as he is at his worst thing at anything. Yeah. Yeah. And again during this performance, stage right. Yeah, stage right cuz that's what he did. Yeah, just kind of fell in love with being off center. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh let's talk about the website. Did you look at the 3121 archive? I have not revisited oh, it, but you can see it online. You can. There's a, a Prince Museum mm-hmm. that has an archive of the 3121.com um site. It was originally a promo site just for the album, right. but grew because of his residencies in Las Vegas and London. We didn't check out anything from the London residency, but yeah, yeah. it turned more into like a Prince blog almost. You know, just yeah. kept uh-huh. things added to it. It was very kind of bloggish setup. Yes, mm-hmm. and it grew out of a newsletter. Actually, I yeah. read this. 
it, that was distributed at the Las Vegas shows. Sam Jennings mm-hmm. was a big part of it, and he had been um, also a part of the NPG Music Club, a designer or coder right. type person. Yep. Um, yeah, and he's an artist also. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was interesting. He had uh, some commentary about it on the Prince Museum, so uh-huh. it was nice. Yeah. There were interesting interviews. I did look at the... I read all of the articles that were on the archived version of it. I'm sure they changed out, but the ones that were there were kind of interesting. So there was uh, Mr. Hayes, a Uh keyboardist. Um, I liked he, they asked him what other artists he'd been listening to while he was in Vegas. He mentioned Van Hunt and Gnarls Barkley. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I was like, Oh, Hey, you know them. We like them. And, um, but they had a picture of him, and he had a reflection in his eyes of the Prince symbol oh, in um, his eyes, undoctored. which was, oh, it was very cheesy and <laughs> silly. But um, And then they had uh, Chef Lena Morgan. Uh-huh. She was v- just as much of an artist, but in a different medium. It was interesting to hear her talk about like what her inspirations were for party menus and I guess she had a lot to do with how things were decorated and it was it was very nice. It was Neat. interesting to read. And then uh, the twins, T W I N Z. That's right. Get it so right. So silly Nandy and Maya. McClain. Oh, you found their names. Yeah, well it was on the it was on, the on there. They had a their interview was it was at the bottom of the page and it was that was was weird. that too high on the page mm, a little bit because yeah. it was just a very silly interview and I don't normally get annoyed by the Prince shorthand speak you know with uh-huh. the U and the I and the yeah <clears throat> they had. N-R-G for yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. And if they said you all, it was U-A-L-L, which I thought was weird and hard to read. And uh-huh. and then it made me, uh, reminded me, because there were little advertisements for the song from Happy Feet, which I'd kind of forgotten about, the song of the heart. Yeah, that was, you That know, came out at that n- time. Not really connected to 3121 no, at all, but it happened but at, the, at the, same the same time, time. period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Prince was approached to uh, just, they were asking him permission for uh, the cast to be able to cover Kiss mm. uh, during the, the movie, and he initially declined, and I guess he was sent a rough cut of the movie, uh-huh. saw it, and absolutely loved it, uh-huh. fell in love with it, which is, you know, if you've, Prince had an affinity for, you know, CGI yeah. kids' movies. Yeah. So he, not only did he grant them permission to cover Kiss, but wrote a song specifically for the film. And this was it. And it was, I didn't realize it was the only song written and recorded for this movie. Yeah, it was the only one was a cover. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really cute. I thought it wasn't, yeah, I know you really liked it. I thought it was charming. Maybe a little forgettable. Penguins. (laughs) I know. So I love it. (laughs) It was charming. It It wasn't like a earth-shattering. Well, it wasn't a new formula. You know, he used dialogue from the movie in the song, which he had done uh, for the Batman soundtrack years before. So he didn't break new ground with it, but I I love it when the song comes up uh, on shuffle sometimes, you know, to revisit it again. I think it's great. And there's a a fun version of it on uh, his fourth live album that came out a year after this uh, called Indigo Nights that we'll cover okay. at some point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We have some rules. Oh, the rules. The rules. I always enforce the rules. So we choose three things here on the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. We choose a time capsule, something that really exemplifies the time period in which the album was released. We choose the sea, the low point. Doesn't mean it's bad, just means it's our least favorite part and to the mountain the best thing that we liked from the album so my time capsule yeah was 3121.com it was very flash heavy Uh there wasn't a whole lot of like an e-commerce or interactive element at that time it was you know Web pages were a little more static than they are now than what we're used to it had white text on a black background which 
not done nearly as much because you're reading it and it's fine and you look away to something else and you're blind. <laughs> Your rods and codes are all screwed <laughs> They're up. They're also mixed up. So that was my time capsule. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think any website you look at that's 12 years old is probably going to, yeah, make you think, wow, I don't remember it ever being this bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, and 12 years from now, we'll look back at websites and be like, what Ugh, were we thinking? Why was that good? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the time capsule was the Black Sweat video. I think oh, it was okay. the most popular single from the album. And to see Prince back um, you know, on VH1 and MTV and BET at the time, this video, I actually saw it air a few times, which oh. is kind of rare at that point. Yeah, because um, everything was... I think just classic Prince-isms, Prince facial expressions mm-hmm. in this video are just awesome oh, and definitely so capture funny. the playfulness of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's that video for me for the time capsule. Okay. My C was the Fury video because it felt cheap and rushed. You don't like it? Not videos like it. filmed in office environments <laughs> with drop ceilings? I don't know why. Ah. Well... You can close your eyes and enjoy the music at least. Oh, well, yes. Well, I'll, I'll see your Fury music video, and I'm going to have to raise you the American Idol appearance for oh, me because well, of yeah. the ridiculously uncomfortable and poorly done introduction. Yes. Um, I thought Prince performed well, but like we said earlier, I, I'm not a fan of seeing him without a band Mm-mm. or at least an instrument in his hand. Right. Um, and I realize that that's the format for American Idol. It's a singing competition, but Prince isn't just a singer. Right. Um, so I found it kind of limiting. And, you know, you mentioned looking tired during the um, beautiful, loved, and blessed performance uh, yeah. at SNL. I thought he looked tired uh, during this performance on American Idol and a little over made up to me, too. Yeah. The makeup was yeah. pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, so I, it just didn't come off right to me. Something felt a little weird. So mm-hmm. for that weirdness, Agreed. into the sea with you, American Idol. Yeah. All right, the mountain. My mountain was the Black Sweat video because I really enjoyed the the faces. The faces are the best part. It's a great yeah. song and it's really fun. But just it was funny, just flat out funny to hear to see those faces when Tamar is dancing and she's dancing crazy, which can be funny but also you know, interesting, and I can see how that could be a time capsule. I just, it was funny. I liked it. It was <laughs> very of, enjoyable. Lots of extreme close-ups, too. Yes. Which was, which was very And fun. I really thought it was it was beautifully shot, yeah. and all being in black and white was very nice. Mm-hmm. Especially when, when I think of the album, I think of, it seems very colorful to yeah. me. Like, yeah. it very, sounds very... colorful. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of very intense imagery on the album. And I think that's what makes it sound colorful, Uh sound colorful. So I thought it was nice to have a black and white video that was stark contrast, but still very so well done. Yeah. Well, the word black is in the song, too. So it makes a little sense. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm surprised that throughout doing this uh, podcast, we have never selected the same we have mountain, not. sea, I or this time might, capsule. I thought this might be the week. Yeah, and, and we honestly do not share this with one another. We really do not. Like, Josh was trying to look at my notes earlier and covered it up. I just wanted to see what you were doing. <laughs> well, I make a lot of notes. You do. You're a note person. I'm, I'm, and I do it with a legit pen and yeah. paper. Yeah. I have almost used up my entire red pen. You're so proud of the ink that's coming out of this red pen. I don't pen. know why. I don't think I've ever used a pen. It looks like a murder scene. <laughs> it does. All right, it my does. mountain. Yeah. Um, it has and always will be the Fury performance on SNL. Yeah. One of my favorite comedians, Steve Martin, introducing Prince is awesome. I love that as Steve Martin is introducing Prince, you can hear Prince count off in the background. He's screaming, two, one, two, three. Uh-huh. So the song's getting started. He's not waiting for Steve Martin <laughs> no. to finish. It's <clears throat> so funny. It's great. Um, that's worth re-listening to. Um, I just thought... The amount of energy in that performance was mm-hmm. just amazing. The way he sung it, he was having fun. Um, you know, coming off of a, you know his previous album and a giant tour for musicology and getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you could see someone taking some time off 
or you know easing up a little bit. And I thought, wow, this guy nope. is nowhere near done. He's nope. nowhere near done. No, nope. I thought uh, the Good way he us. the way he almost scream sang the song, which is different from the studio version. Yeah was just great for yeah. a song like this. It really fit well, and I just thought it was a great performance. And him walking off, you know, the song ends, and he doesn't stand there, of course. He throws the guitar down. No, no, he doesn't throw no, it he down. Lays it he down. lays Sorry. it He's I which I thought, and he did this, I think I noticed this, for almost every live performance of Fury, he took that guitar, and he's shredding it, and it's amazing, and there's so much energy. And then he very pointedly, carefully puts the guitar down and then walks away yeah. with all that energy. It's like he takes that moment to really respect his instrument. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he either really respects it or, or is I'm done with it. Take it it's from me. destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's somebody catching it. Eh, not always. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. Those are some pretty expensive guitars to not trust the people you're throwing. I think if you can pay ninety grand a month for a rental home, you can (laughs) probably throw a guitar too. Well, probably, probably. All right, so you tell us what you think, dear listeners. We want to hear. Find us on Twitter at Tmats Podcast. T M A T S Podcast. That stands for The Mountains and the Sea. You can find us there. You can find us on Facebook, um, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or you can shortcut it with TMATS podcast will also find us. Or you can email us if you don't like the social media. That's totally fine. We still want to hear from you. You can email us at tmatspodcast at gmail.com. All right, so now we've done... 3121 the album and all of its ancillary materials it is time for us to move on to something else and dear listeners i do not know until josh tells me while we are recording what our next album is going to be well we're going to test your patience with prince's falsetto okay deeply deeply we're going to highly test you deeply uh, we're going to take a trip back 26 years prior to 3121, okay. and we're going to dive into Prince's Dirty Mind from Ooh, 1980. Okay. It is Prince's shortest album, only 31 minutes. Ooh. Amazing. Uh, very much demo-related. Uh, we're going to take a look at this cover with Prince in front of box springs and mattresses and in his underwear. <laughs> this is definitely pre-superstar Prince. Yeah, um, this was Prince trying to break out. Yep, and trying, trying to, to be to dirty shop. and... Yeah. Exactly. Um, so with this album, we've got uh, 31 minutes of music to listen to throughout eight songs. Uh, there were some singles from this album and a couple videos, but because it's so short and the B-sides to this album were all previously released studio tracks from his previous albums, okay, this will be a one-series episode on Dirty yep. Mind. Yep. Um, well, we may even uh, talk about a concert or two that we're able to get our hands on okay. during that episode. Well, that's fair. So, our very first singularly contained episode. So, it's going to be Dirty Mind. Listen to it. Get ready for it. And then let us know how excited you are to hear it and come back and join us again in a couple weeks. We'll see you then. All right. Thank you so much.